Hello Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and welcome to our podcast coven. Just another week closer to to hopefully getting out of this joint. Yeah, <laughs> busting at the seams. <laughs> yeah, party is. at my house. Can't wait. Woo-hoo. Um, what have we got on for today? My spidey senses is saying intuition. You are correct. <laughs> are you like psychic or something? Oh no, I have an assistant <laughs> that sends me the notes. <laughs> Well, this will be right up your alley this week. Oh, it will. But Mm. um, I always love to hear alternate or alternative um, takes on intuition. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming we're talking about intuition as it applies to witchcraft. Yes. Okay. Cool. But in general as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, talk to Mm. me then. Tell me all. Well, as witches, we are constantly honing our intuition. So whether it's to decipher divination tools, we might be using signs, dreams, visions, or to know what spells to cast or herbs to use. And I would say intuition is a huge part of the craft and of life in general. And some people call it a gut feeling, others a knowing, and many famous minds have contemplated this throughout the ages. Uh, I love this quote from Albert Einstein, who says, the only real valuable thing is intuition. So the universe is constantly communing with us in a variety of ways, and some people are more sensitive to that communication than others. They're able to pick up on those messages through observation or through divination. And other people walk through life not seeing any of the signs thrown their way or deciphering the feelings their body sends them. And that's totally okay. But for those who are interested, I thought it would be a great subject to touch on today. And I feel we are all capable of fostering a richer relationship with our inner knowing. And that was part of the reason why I started Asha Moon and created Tools for Ritual because... I believe it's there inside each and every one of us. We just have to choose to tap in and to take the time to tap into it. So I would love to ask you, Tracy, how would you describe intuition and would you say it's very different from being psychic? No. So um, intuition from what I know and what I teach is uh, like the language. So we are all psychic. We all have the psychic abilities. They're just extrasensory abilities. We all have it. And some people feel much more comfortable with the terminology of intuition. However, intuition is the, it's like the English. And so in English, we have 
the way that you speak, the way that I speak, the way that Laura speaks, the way that Boo speaks, the way that Matt speaks, the way the kids speak. We have the Oka, we have the the way that South Adelaide, uh, South Australia seems to have their own way of speaking Australian English. We we just we have the different tones, the different inflections, the different everything. And so intuition is basically kind of the umbrella of the psychic abilities. So intuition speaks to us through clairaudience, clairsentience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairolfactance, clairgustance, and many other abilities. Um, And intuition is basically just like the mother word of what Mm. people, if they, if they actually, when I challenge them to, to recognize which of their psychic abilities are their stronger ones, they will say, I thought that was just my intuition. And it's like yeah. because it is, but the intuition is the the mother lo- the mothership of mm. of psychic abilities. So that's intuition to me. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I found really funny? Like, and our listeners will probably not be um, surprised to hear this, but. Shannon and I, we've only really known each other for a few years. Like our friendship Mm -hmm. and our relationship is quite fresh and new in in the scheme of things. But um, as you have actually, um, and and I sort of, I met you originally through doing a session, a reading for you. Mm -hmm. And this was way before, um, like Asha Moon was was here, obviously, but it was way before Sacred Stones, way before Oracle. It was when you were looking at creating Sacred Stones and bringing them through. And the Oracle deck came after that, and it was planned to sort of be the, the thing after. But you, as ter- in terms of owning your witch self, um, you weren't there yet. You were still mm. very much um, in the cave, in the closet, you know. In like the it, broom closet big time. Yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> banished like Harry Potter under the stairs. Um, and... When, as you have increased your, uh, you embracing it yourself, your intuition, especially attached to me, is like crazy weird. So like Shannon and I, like Shannon will text me or call me or send me something and majority of the time, either I have just said what she sends through or have been talking about it with someone or have just listened to something or have just heard something. And it's, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's just, it's just almost a joke now because yeah. you're, you are so in tune with what's going on with me without even realizing that you're doing it. It's pretty incredible. It. Mm. It so as cool. you're, as you've embraced your honing in with mother nature and the way that you use your intuition through witchcraft it's mm. it's happening in all areas for you, and I can see it. It's fucking amazing. Oh, thank you. So yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. It is. It's it's definitely. Um, I guess because I'm paying more attention to it, and consistency mm. is key too, isn't it? And That's yeah, it. I think I went for a long time um, receiving signs and and guidance and little nuggets of knowing, and I'd just dismiss it. I'd just be like, oh, you know, explain it away or, mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't yeah. do that anymore. So that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just had a – I was listening to a conversation and was fortunate enough to be someone who got to speak about this as well, but um, they were talking about the difference between intuition and gut instincts. 
okay. or gut, just gut, gut or intuition. And mm-hmm. it was basically, it was a discussion. It wasn't a debate. It was just a discussion of all different people's views and opinions. And what I find for me is that the gut is the instinctive human nature, animalistic, primal way of us reading a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but our intuition comes through our heart. Yeah. And, um, and you can you can have clear uh, sentience, which is what some people will confuse with their gut, but you have mm-hmm. to be really mindful as to whether it is instinct or whether it is intuition. First of all, before you can talk about whether or not you're led by your gut. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And because you say, I know a lot rather than I feel. Mm-hmm. And so you would have a much stronger claircognizant um, aspect to your language of intuition. So you would be yeah. fluent or you would be becoming fluent in that claircognizant part of intuition. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that makes so sense. So in terms of witchy stuff, what practices would you suggest for people who want to hone in on their witchy, spidey intuition senses? Yeah, well, I guess the really easy one to start with is seeing. So taking notice of repetitive numbers and patterns around you. And I'm not saying like seek it out at all costs and that you have to keep checking what's going on around you every five minutes because you send yourself insane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Been there and done that. But just take a mental note of things when they show up. So like if you realise you've just seen the time 11.11 a few days in a row or 4.44, you know, Google it and see what it means in numerology or in angel numbers and just see if that resonates for you. Is there a message there for you? Um, Perhaps it's repetitive numbers on number plates or repetitive songs that you hear. And these things can sometimes show up in really odd ways as well, especially with songs I find. And are they connected with something or someone um, in particular, like someone who's passed over? So personally, I know when we were traveling uh, in Scotland in 2018 with my mum and my sister, my nan and my pop, their favorite number was eight. And I don't know why, but it was eight. And every step of the way we were met with eight. So whether it was the seat number on the plane, the hotel room, tables at restaurants, you name it, it was eight or eight, eight or eight, eight, eight. And yeah, I felt like it was just a little, a nod from them that they were there. And and this trip was really a pilgrimage of, you know, taking my mum back home to Scotland. She hadn't been back there in like 30 years and she'd never seen her mother's grave in Scotland. And yeah, so I felt like it was, we were in alignment and we were being guided, led, yeah, guided mm. on this journey of um, like a soul remembering and also for my sister and I to be returning to our ancestral lands. And so it was really special. And then when I looked up the meaning of what eight means um, through Kyle Gray's angel numbers, uh, eight on the vibrational scale is the number of journey and the ever unwinding mystery of life. It's a number that represents a sense of infinity and connectedness. When the angels send you this number sequence or sequences containing eight, it's a message about your personal journey to spiritual connection and purpose. So like things like that, like just taking the little breadcrumbs and noticing them and yeah, and getting those beautiful meanings from them. So, Mm -hmm. and we can all see repetition and patterns within our lives. We see it in colors, animals, symbols, sounds as we move throughout our day and being able to take note of how often something turns up in your life is the first step, I believe. 
and it allows you to see and then assign relevance to it. Um, everyone's personal symbols are very different as well, which we've discussed over other episodes of the podcast. And although there may seem to be some common ones, such as certain numbers or animals, they may mean something completely different to the individual viewing it. And then that brings us on to the next one, which is feeling it in your body. So once you've identified a reoccurring pattern, tune into how you feel about it. So do you have positive feelings or are they anxious ones? Are you being reminded of something or someone or do you feel like things are going to shift or change or get brighter or is it more of a foreboding feeling? Um, So we did this exercise. I went on a women's retreat last year in November and it was really interesting. So we, there was a basket in the middle of the room and you had to pick up like a bottle of wine or chocolate bar or there was like all sorts of things in this basket. And we were taught to hold this object like against our chest, close our eyes. And you would like, it was so weird how it works. Like your body would kind of lean forward if it meant your body was okay with that thing or it would kind of fall backwards if you weren't meant to have it or if it was kind of indifferent, you'd just stay there. So it was quite funny with the wine because, you know, all these women standing around holding bottles of wine and their bodies are leaning backwards and they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Did you listen to Turns Out She's Psychic um, a couple of weeks ago? Because Laura and I actually talk about this. It's kinesiology. It's an energetic force field. Yeah, so everything vibrates. So the wine vibrates. I'm sorry about everyone listening to Dash. It's nothing that I can do right now. <laughs> COVID. Um, um, yeah, and so everything vibrates. So it is basically whether or not your vibrations are attracted to each other or whether they're repelling each other. So backwards will repel and forward will be attract. Yeah. Very oh, cool. I found it so interesting. So, yeah, I was not very happy when my... I had white wine and I was leaning backwards, but red wine I was leaning forward. So <laughs> what about right. whiskey? <laughs> they didn't have any whiskey there and I'm what? too scared to try it. What if I leaned backwards? It would be like mm. against my heritage. Far out. <laughs> I know. I'm a I'm a huge um, perfume person mm-hmm. and one of my favourite, favourite perfumes makes me go backwards. Oh, wow. But I wear it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't care. <laughs> yeah, just love it too much. <laughs> oh, it just does things. It just does things. It's like my magic potion. Yeah. But I've always been a rebel with a cause. But anyway, okay, keep going. What else? Well, and also um, in regards to feeling out spaces. So like when you walk into a particular space or when you're around a particular person, like how do you feel? What, how actually in your body do you feel at that moment? So I know personally when I'm around really sick or unwell people, my burning Reiki hands come on. They like come online and, Same. Oh, and it's almost unbearable um, when I was in the room when my, one of my grandparents was passing away. Like it was actually really uncomfortable for me physically, like with, with my burning Reiki hands. And another thing um, that I guess ties in with me noticing things more is I've spoken to you about this before, my spirit leg, (laughs) where I get this like tingly, it's my left leg, my lower Mm -hmm. left leg. And this has happened for years and I never took notice of it. So I used to be a photographer for Heartfelt, which was an organization where I'd volunteer if someone had had a stillborn baby um, or a loss, I would go to the hospital and photograph the baby with their family. And this would happen to me. I'd get this like 
all I can describe it as is like a like a breeze around the lower left of my leg and it would happen when I did that or if I was talking to someone about a deceased loved one or and like I don't see dead people like you do and I don't hear them or anything but I would get this sensation and it's only been probably the last year or so that I've pieced it together that I call it my spirit leg like when spirits around I feel that sensation and I don't know why but I do so I guess it's just taking heed of these things we feel and when we feel them and mm-hmm. piecing it all together. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, I experienced that too. And it's a quite a common one, actually. It's part of being clairsentient. So when we mm-hmm. feel things on the outside or the inside, it's clairsentient. We've got like our mind's eye or our mind's ear or our mind's nose. It's like there's things that are happening internally and we could swear they're external, but they're not. And then there's mm. things that are happening externally that are actually happening, but we know it's not us. And I just have to really apologize for all the noise in the background here. Like I've had <laughs> in the in the space of the last few minutes, I've had my son go downstairs and decide that he's going to join the gym. I've had the next door neighbor bring up their garbage bins and I've had Dash play some kind of running game up and down the hallway um, oh look it's life. <laughs> all at the it's same life. time so I really apologize and Maddie our producer I'm sorry I I, I know that it's going to do your head in all the background noise I'm sorry <laughs> so yeah this is my little look um so what else so we've got like noticing uh sequences. So noticing what you see and noticing how you feel um and then I guess your inner knowing as well so that little voice that you hear within and sometimes it's a very very loud voice but we all have an inner dialogue and do you listen to it or do you push it away and what does yours sound like um and is this well actually I'll ask you this Tracy is your inner dialogue is it linked to your higher self or spirit guides my inner dialogue is Dwayne Johnson and he stands just (laughs) to the side on my right side and he whispers in my ear (laughs) I was not expecting that And sometimes Matthew McConaughey comes to the party in my left ear. Nice. You've got some good inner dialogue going on there. Oh, yeah. Um, So can you repeat the question? Yes. He's just too busy picturing The Rock and um, Matthew McConaughey. So is your inner dialogue linked to your higher self or spirit guide? So that, that voice that kind of pipes up sometimes and is like, you shouldn't do that or as opposed to what I guess your normal normal thoughts and stuff so okay that, so like yeah. in your own voice you mean like this like the the, the the voice that you're hearing or the source of it the source of it oh the source of it is always your higher self and your guides yep okay interesting so yeah I guess I want everyone to think back to times when you should have heeded that voice or when you did heed it and it really saved your ass. So I have two times that really, really stick out for me. So um, one was when we were pregnant with our third baby and uh, I woke up one morning, everything was going fine. And I was very early in my pregnancy. It was like nine weeks, but I woke up one morning and I didn't feel pregnant anymore. And I remember waking up, I wasn't bleeding or anything. I didn't have pain. I just woke up and I said to Boo, and we'd already had our first scan and the heartbeat, the whole bit. Um, yeah, and I remember clearly saying to Boo, it's really weird, I don't feel pregnant. And he was like, oh, maybe you've just got over your morning sickness. And 
but I couldn't shake it. And a few days later, I started getting pain and I, and I lost the baby. Mm. So that was a time where, yeah, like I don't know if it was my body talking to me or if it was my intuition. Yeah, but it was this deep knowing. Another time was um, I was on my way to Newcastle driving behind this big truck and I was doing the right thing, staying in the left lane, and this truck was, like, full of, like, lumber, like um, timber and stuff for a building site, and I'm just cruising behind it and I hear this voice go, change lanes now. And I was like, oh, okay, I changed lanes and everything fell off the back of the truck and it would Whoa. have, like, come through my fucking windscreen if I hadn't have moved. And I was so shook but grateful yeah. but shook as shit. And um, I remember even, yeah, getting to where I had to go in Newcastle and still literally shaking from that experience. Um, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. It's so I don't funny know who how... that was but it was like move now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's funny how sometimes they'll just whisper gently to guide you and then other times it's an order and you don't Mm. even think twice. You just act as if like someone has just sat next to you that is the beer and know all of everything and it's just gone do it and you're like, okay, you do. There's no no lag time. And that's because there's actually um, like science shows that um, when there's something incoming, uh, it takes seven seconds. Some belief between four and seven. So for some people it can activate at four and for some it takes up to seven. But there's four to seven seconds before the human ego mind will kick in. So even though we we think our instincts kick in, there's actually a four-second to seven-second moment before it activates. And Mm. in that time is when your spirit is speaking to you or your higher self is speaking to you or anyone that can speak to you from those realms can speak to you. It's just that most people are noticing that time. They're not living in the present enough to be aware of it. So when things like change lanes now happens, what happened was in that immediate moment the the voice came through that was so loud that you heard it in that four to seven seconds. So you Mm. responded as quickly as possible. Yeah. 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 So a lot of the time, um, this is why I, I'm, I know I do. Um, a lot of people think that I can be quite impulsive, Mm -hmm. um, and make very big decisions or just do things without any kind of like qualms or any kind of like, thinking about it there's no there's no processing it seems like I'm not processing it before I do Mm -hmm. things I am I'm I've processed my relationship with my intuition and so that period of four to seven seconds for me is a, a very deep well that I am very confident in swimming in and and I understand it very quickly it's a very quick turnaround and quite often I will jump Um, before the ego gets to speak because I know that the ego will offer an alternative that's not for my highest good. Mm. So I I know I can seem erratic, uh, impulsive, sometimes just doing crazy things, but they're not. They're not. They're not erratic or impulsive or crazy at all. There's actually a lot behind it. Mm. That's really interesting actually because you think about it from the I know myself, um, I'm prone to indecisiveness Mm -hmm. and like I'll really mull over things, but I think it doesn't serve me sometimes. I think like I usually, when I think back even to, um, you know, quitting my photography business and starting Asha Moon, that was the biggest, longest drawn out process probably of my life. 
when I knew, I knew on a deep level that that's what I had to do. I knew that that's for a long the time. Way I, for that. a long time, yeah. But I guess, yeah, my ego and the logical point of view, um, I had to really grapple with. To logical or practical? Probably both. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fine. Whereas dance, I get off stage from my bodybuilding competition and I hear spirit say it's go time and then all of a sudden I am straight out of the psychic closet to the world (laughs) and I didn't even think about it. It's like there was no thought process, no nerves, no anxiety, no planning, no no putting like I need to have this, this and this before I can do it. It was just like it's go time. So, okay, it's go time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah. 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 it's interesting because I'm surrounded by a lot of indecisive people. Mm-hmm. Um, like Laura's indecisive, Matt's in, my Matt's indecisive. Uh, mm, two of my three children are not. They're very much like me. One of them is very indecisive. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly everybody else in my life is is very obviously an indecisive person and personality. Yeah. Um, but. It's very common. It's very oh, common sure. um, mm. because our ego is our survival, you know. It, yeah. It's going to offer ways to make sure that we're thinking about it to keep us safe because that, that's a bit scary over there. Yeah. Mm. Very true. And I think that um, doing work around intuition and especially as a witch is learning to trust ourselves and to stand in our own knowing and our own conviction and consistency is key. It's like strengthening a muscle and the more you use it, the more you acknowledge it, the more natural it becomes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's when um, when you trust it, you either trust it now and always and forever or mm. you choose when you want to trust it. Like when is it, when is it just because it's easy or when it's just because it's preferable um, and like you can't, you can't give and take. Like, I mean, like you can't pick and choose. Mm, in in my opinion or all out yeah you gotta be all in or all out and I'm an all in I've been an all in girl forever (laughs) like it's just like let's go um and I love that because I'm not afraid because I know that if something was meant to happen that was like really bad or out of this world it would have happened already considering how many times I just dive on in like I know I know they've got my back at all along the way so just trust it and it's fun like it yeah. is a beautiful way to live because it's very in the moment and it's not in the past or in the future. It's in the mm. present. And there's so much fun that happens in that space. And less anxiety as well. That's what I uh-huh. found um, even following the the witchcraft path is that's what it's all about is being present and feeling into what's happening right now. Uh-huh. And my level of anxiety has gone down crazy. Like it's, yeah, yeah I don't even feel the same person that I was even a few years ago. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Have you seen the show um, The Good Witch? No, you're the second person that's asked me that in recent weeks, so I need to go show. watch it. I binge watched it last year during our first lockdown with Alaska mm-hmm. um, and sometimes the boys would come in and watch it, but shh, don't tell anyone <laughs> I said that. <laughs> Um, but it's a sweet show. It's a very wholesome show. Um, yeah. but she, the, the main character in it, she's a witch. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so is her daughter, but her daughter's only just discovering it. She's a teenager and she's only just discovering that she's the same as her mum. But if you came in on the show and you didn't know the title of the show, you wouldn't call her a witch, you'd call her a psychic. Ah, okay. Because she knows stuff before it happens. Everyone comes to her and asks for advice. She's all, she owns a shop. And whenever someone comes in with some kind of problem or ailment or issue, she just has, she just happens to have exactly what they need at exactly the right time. And it's like magic. And then, and the, the, the link between witches and psychic abilities or intuition have been interwoven forever because Mm. they are, because witches are masterful at learning to be at the present and noticing Mother Earth and Mother Nature and and all of the intricacies in between. Mm. But that's why they're able to do that. Mm. So like if they if if they're if you're a practicing witch and you're not really harnessing in on that present moment and those intricacies, then your intuition is not going to be as good as someone who is. Absolutely, um, I think. And that's how, like, you know, for me, like all of our listeners and you know that I I'm, I don't identify as a witch in this lifetime, mm-hmm. but I know that I have been and I know that deep down in my core I am, but mm-hmm. I choose not to turn on that witch um, fully. Like I, I'm not all in with that and I, I yeah. don't want to be. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited by a lot of it and a lot of it is so familiar in ways that I can only explain from past life and ancestry. Um mm-hmm. But also things that I know about my future, it's like I, I experience things that are going to happen in the future early and then when I actually go through it at this time, it's like deja vu. Yeah, um, wow. So that happens quite a lot. But um, I know that the intuitive side of me and the psychic side of me um, is is what I'm here to do yeah. in this lifetime and not be a witch. Yep. No, you've yeah. got big work to do with your your skills that's for sure mm. um so yeah i was just gonna things? say that um yeah well people can enhance these things through practicing things like ritual work uh divination techniques such as oracle cards or tarot cards um scrying and pendulum work and also through meditation that's been a big one um for me like just quieting your mind and tapping in to that other space and that that I find it's another realm really uh, where things can drop in that normally throughout your conscious day you're too tapped into other things going on around you to to hear. So Mm -hmm. um, what other ways would you recommend people can tap into their intuition? Um, Well, you've done some pretty good ones. Um, So when I teach psychic development, i.e. intuitive development, um, or even like now at the moment um, with a certain group of people or a certain, you know, sector of people, um, it's I call, I refer to it as intuitive intelligence mm-hmm. um, and to be intelligent and educated with your intuition. Um, and so there's lots of different things that you can do. So when it comes down to um, being able to increase the intuitive ability of um clairsentience instead of thinking about it as like oh I want to be able to feel more I want to be able to like feel more about what's happening and feel my way through life I actually help people discover what it feels like when they're not feeling and when it feels like they are feeling and how to differentiate between whether or not it's their feeling or not so I say to everyone go to a location like a shopping center 
or mm-hmm. go somewhere that is out of home um, where you're not going to be expected to know what the feeling should feel like. So don't go to a funeral home, for example, or don't go to like a, a hair salon. Don't go somewhere like that. Go somewhere where it could be different every day if you went there. And if you go and before you go in, you check yourself. So it's like, how am I feeling? Do I feel a sense of, you know, anxiety today? Am I feeling maybe a little bit flat or am I sad? Am I a little bit angry? So you really got to know what you're feeling, what's yours. And don't, we're not judging it. It's just so we know mm. where we sit at our baseline. And then you take yourself into an environment and you just see whether or not you can pick up what other feelings. You don't really try. You just notice other feelings and emotions as they start to come in. And when you leave, you take note of the ones that came in but you know weren't yours. And Mm -hmm. so you start to be able to know what it feels like and you're able to understand the shift in in feeling because that's what really gets that's what takes someone who has these little moments of like oh that was a bit cool because I kind of knew it was going to happen or I felt that or whatever to people who actually get a lot of progression quite quickly is that Mm -hmm. they they're very aware of what's not theirs and what's theirs and feeling the subtle shifts is is really cool to be able to distinguish that another really cool activity is um to practice some psychometry so Mm -hmm. You can get some items, so you could ask some friends or whatever to gather some items like photographs, pieces of jewellery, leather items, pieces of paper with handwriting on it, and the only condition is that you can't know anything about those things. And so it's good to have about five objects at least, and you sit down with all of them and you do one at a time, but you spend only about three minutes with each item. And so the idea is not to know whether or not you got it right. Like we're not Mm -hmm. trying to think about who this is belong to and what's the whole story behind it. The idea really is just to notice the difference in how you feel from certain things. So you might pick up the first item, which might be a ring. And all of a sudden you feel so much joy and, and like love and happiness yet previous to picking up the ring you were just you like probably yeah. a bit excited a bit nervous a bit whatever and then all of a sudden this feeling overcomes you put the ring down immediately pick up the next object immediately and mm-hmm. notice you might pick up a watch and you pick it up and all of a sudden you feel absolute loss and absolute devastation mm. or fear or sadness or whatever feel it for no more than three minutes, put it down and pick up the next item. It might be a piece of paper with writing on it. And you might feel just this this strength of righteousness or overcoming with wanting to get up and make a difference. And you, when, and you put that down and pick up the next one. So the whole idea is that you're learning to see how it comes in, how it goes out, mm. how how different it feels when it's not yours to when it's someone else's. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Mm, so they're really fun exercises. Um, Some other things that you can do in terms of being able to increase your clairvoyance, so your intuitive ability to be able to see as a seer, um, is a fun exercise that I like to do with a lot of my clients, which is in the morning, do a meditation or do whatever, and just ask your guides or whoever it is that you ask um, to tell you what 
Betty, Bob and Jane what colours they're going to be wearing today at work or wherever you're going to go and whenever you're going to see them. Or if you're going to ring mum today or sister or brother or whatever or a friend, what colour top are they going to have on when they when they pick up the phone? And just keep a note of it. And then when you're talking to them, you don't have to tell them. It's just this cheeky little, <laughs> yes, you know, like what I saw in my mind's eye was was right. And you might not see them wearing a colour, but you might just see a colour or you might see some representation. So there's lots of fun things because a really important thing about being able to increase your intuition is to not lower your vibe and take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. And if we have expectation, anxiety, trepidation, nervousness, any kind of like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this, it's like fighting a losing battle because Mm -hmm. you've got to get your vibrational human frequency up Um, Most of the time, if you're this way inclined, your consciousness is pretty well where it's going to be. It's going to improve when when your abilities kick off, but it's that human part of our vibration that is the hard part. So I'm just really freaking good at being able to manipulate my frequency to get it up really high. Yeah. Um, Whereas that's where people are like, oh, what do I do? And you've really Mm. got to think about your nutrition as a human and how that affects your your human vibration because that will hurt you and it will make it impossible for you. You might be doing everything right, but then you might be sitting down to like red meat every single night, a bottle of wine, um, dairy, gluten, all that kind of stuff, and they're all great. But if you mm-hmm. want to increase your intuition, you have to recognize that they are going to be pushing your vibe down while you're trying to push it up. And so you're not really getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But being able to raise that vibe, um, being able to practice this stuff with fun and Mm -hmm. make it enjoyable and make it playful and curious as opposed to needing to sit down and make it serious and start to, you know, repeat chants like, the craft and and all that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah it it really does help you and your intuition if you look at it with a playful attitude I love that that's another thing um I just realized I do like without even really thinking about it now if my phone rings I'll think who's that and I'll guess and usually it's right, but just mm-hmm. little things like that. that I'll be like, oh, I wonder if that's, yeah, Bianca or Tracy or yeah. <laughs> or I'll pull letters out the mailbox and I won't look at them and I'll think, okay, who are these for? Is it, you know, Evie right. or Matt or whatever? So that's mm-hmm. other little ways I guess you can incorporate just, yeah. yeah. And when you ask that question, are you expecting an answer in a certain way? So like when you mm. ask that question, are you asking to hear it? Or are you asking to see the name or are you asking to just feel like a a feeling that makes you connect with that person? Like what is it that you're, how are you asking for the answer Mm. to come and are you asking? So you've got to isolate the abilities as well. So Mm -hmm. whenever I do psychic development and I'm going through the beginner's course at the moment with a group of beautiful people and Each week we do a different ability as part of the intuition, but you can't practice the other abilities when you're practicing one. You have to isolate it. Okay. So when you're asking for a sign, if you feel that you're really great at the the clairvoyant thing, like you see things a lot and you kind Mm -hmm. of see movies in your eyes, in your head or whatever, um, then you want to say, show me. Mm. And if you... um, 
if you if you want to know something about how someone's feeling or about what you should do and you know that clear sentience so clear feeling is kind of how you you feel it in your gut or you feel it in my bones or feel it in my waters or I just have this feeling if that's the language that you use then just say out loud you know like if you want to seek information and and um develop it you just and practice you can just say um you can put your hand on your stomach or your solar plexus or even on your heart and you can connect to how you feel and you can just be like allow me to feel which way to go you know like Mm. give give the instruction clarity or parameters so that when you get your answer you're getting it in those parameters because spirit and source and higher self knows what you have available before you do. And we all have Mm. them available. So they could be answering you in a feeling yet you're focusing on just anything, but what you actually think like without realizing it, because it's something you haven't thought about before, but you will now that you're used to understanding things through a vision. So you're Mm -hmm. expecting the answer to come through a vision and you're completely missing the fact that they're making you feel a certain way. And you miss it. Yeah. So if you're going to practice them, practice it, isolate it, or be very aware and in tune with the present moment so you can notice anything that comes up, which is how I work. Yeah. But it's only because it's conditioned and I've been this way my whole life. So, you know, I'm the extreme end as usual. But they're, <laughs> they're kind of they're my tips on how you can improve intuition. Um, I love it. And when it comes to whether or not you combine it with witchcraft or not, that's entirely Mm -hmm. up to you. But witchcraft absolutely, definitely is the perfect foundation for Mm. intuitive abilities to be worked with and harnessed. Beautiful. No, thank you for all of that. I find um, like oracle and tarot and like divination tools and things like that, I find them really useful as well. But at the same time, and because they can validate for us external Mm. from us, especially if we're tactile and kinesthetic people, those objects can really help us if we like to have tangible things. However, um, I will very quickly, when I'm working with people to train them or to teach them, I will very quickly ascertain whether or not they are or not. And if they're not, then I will make them do it without it. Yeah. Because it can actually, um, it can hinder their confidence when they don't need it. It's like having training wheels. But if you are a tactile or a kinesthetic person, then it could be exactly how you're supposed to do it. So. Mm. Those people, like, I encourage it. But for the people who don't have that, then I encourage to not have it. Yeah. And it's also personal, isn't it? Which I guess witchcraft is and Mm -hmm. intuition is and everyone will do it in their own perfect way and find your own path. Yeah, for a lot of the time, the people, and this is why how I do it. So I'm not like I am not a kinesthetic or a tactile person. I could have nothing and be fine. Um, But... um, what I do say is that for those who are like me and even those who are the other way around, um, that working with um, tools, especially Oracle and Tarot, it's really awesome in terms of being able to learn about your sources that you're working with and learning how they work and how to trust them and how to feel comfortable with them. That helps your intuition as well. So mm. it all helps. None of it's going to hurt. Like I'm not going to say if you're, if you're not te- like – a tactile or a kinesthetic person, then don't ever touch it. There's going mm. to absolutely be benefits for all of it. And I use them, but yeah. I just use them for different purposes. 
but it's always, you know, it's always helpful. It's never hurtful. Yeah. No, I love that. And I guess I, I love how you were saying too about discerning whether what you're feeling and what you're getting is yours or someone else's. That's, mm-hmm. that's it's really big, important. A huge one. Yeah. Especially for empathic people. Yeah. To understand. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing, which I'm sure you're going to agree with as well, is that when you are practicing um, your intuitive, you know, nature, um, you have to make sure that you're grounded and protected. You know, you have mm. to do it responsibly. Lesson number one when I teach is know your source before you continue. First of all, identify the source. Um, but and that's what most people are interested in. And then I'm like, great, now I've got your your attention. We're going to go backwards a step because when you're going to be working with this kind of stuff, it's really important that you do this. And it's irresponsible if you don't. I mean, we can all get along with our lives with what we've already had. But if you're actually going to be seeking it, then mm. they expect you to have that level. You know, they, yeah. they, they appreciate it and they respect it. Um, and it's tidier. It's cleaner when you're mm. cleansing, grounding, and protecting your energy. So always just make sure that you're coming from a space of cleansed, ground, and protected, and always know your source. And if you don't know your source, then don't do it. Just back mm. off and maybe just work with your inner knowing rather than a source that's coming to you that doesn't feel familiar. Yeah, that's great advice. I love and it. then seek seek counsel from a human that knows, might want to know what they're talking about. <laughs> like when I ring you and go, hey, I've got this thing going on. I think I have a spirit leg. <laughs> I'm like, just ignore it. It'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The amount of emails that I get or DMs that I get um, about like, hey, sorry to take up your time. I don't actually really want a session. I just need to know whether I'm in any kind of danger or not. Like oh, well. if you can just give me a yes or a no, I'll be fine. Like, oh, my <laughs> so gosh. <funny>. Bye out. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't really work that way. But anyway, I appreciate the fact that you're reaching out. <laughs> so Shannon has decided to challenge me each week. Yes. Um, to do uh, the Divine Tool of the Week introduction in an accent <laughs> or with some kind of voice. Um, but um, now I've gotten all nervous all of a sudden. And I don't get nervous. But this you week. want me to introduce you? Oh, God, my tummy just went out my butt. Because Tracy does this very lyrical introduction each week and it changes each week. So I thought I'd just give her a theme. So this theme this week <laughs> is death metal. <laughs> so Tracy, take it away. <laughs> oh, God, I don't think I can now. I've gone all embarrassed. <laughs> I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to come out too high pitched because I've gotten nervous. Like I don't think I can get it from the bottom of the belly. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Ready, steady, go. Divide to love the week. Love it. <laughs> so the divine tool of the week is Labradorite. Can I just say that while I was doing that, you've got like your full like. I did. I had my death metal hands up. <laughs> And then I realised 
that I'd leant forward to the microphone and I wanted to do it louder, but I'm like, shit, I'm on top of the microphone. I'm going to peek out. Like, this is going to be bad. So then I had to lower it. It was all happening at once. But anyway, onto Labradorite. Go. Yes. So it is a stone of transformation and protection and is one of my all time favorites. So it's typically gray, green to black in color and it reveals iridescent displays when you turn it in the light. So it has flashes of either violet, blue, green, gold, orange, yellow, or red, or a combination of all of these. Kind of looks like so an oil slick. It does. It's just, it's magic in a stone. So pretty. So it is also considered by mystics to be a stone of transformation and and magic, and it clears, balances, and protects the aura. It helps to provide clarity and insight into your destiny as well as attract success. So Labradorite has been used metaphysically for dream recall. Energies of stress and anxiety are said to be reduced by this stone, possibly due to the energy of self-confidence that it holds. And it's also said to increase intuition, psychic development, esoteric wisdom, and help with subconscious issues and provides mental illumination. In some of the Inuit tribe myths, Labradorite is believed to have fallen from the Northern Lights. It is said that the Northern Lights were once trapped in rocks along the coast of Labrador. One day, one of the warrior ancestors struck a rock with a spear. The rock broke off and many of the lights were set free, flying out into the sky. But some of the lights remained trapped in the stone. These stones were connected to ancient magical practices by many from that region. The native inhabitants of Labrador called the mineral fire rock or firestone. And spectralite, the most valued type of Labradorite, comes from Finland. And people there often bury pieces of the stone in their fields as an offering to the spirits of the land. In Norse mythology, Labradorite was con- uh, associated with the Bifrost Frid- uh, Bridge. I nearly said Bifrost Fridge. <laughs> Bifrost bridge a burning rainbow bridge that joins Midgard which is earth to Asgard which is the realm of the gods and a gateway between heaven and earth in traditional Hindu belief systems this stone is related to the throat chakra and it's also known as the purification center this chakra is associated with hearing speech self-expression and creativity And when this chakra is open, any negative experiences will be changed into positive ones and will be replaced with wisdom and learning. And another um, story involving Labradorite says that those who are attracted to this stone have their ancestral roots in the lost city of Atlantis, which I thought was really cool. Mm, I didn't know a lot of that stuff. That's amazing. So that is Labradorite, which I thought was a perfect one to touch on considering we were talking about intuition. And I didn't think Labradorite could get any better, but all of that just made me love it even more. I know. I know. So it's beautiful. Magical and all the mythology behind it. I wasn't aware either. So I learn something new every week as well. Mm, I've got a beautiful podcast. big palm stone that is Labradorite and I love mm. holding it. It just, you know, how they just sit, in, some of them just sit in your hand like they were bought, like they were meant to be yeah. molded into your hand. Love it. Oh, they're gorgeous. Well, Shannon, as always, you're the best. And Aww. I'm really glad that you're our resident witch. And I'm glad you're our resident psychic. Thank you. Thank you for all your golden nuggets of wisdom and teaching today. I'm sure our listeners will get so much from it. 
Oh, I hope so. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week on sure Turns Out She's a Witch. Bye. See you then.